This hour of gameplay is brought to you by FanDuel. Bet on all your favorite teams on the FanDuel Sportsbook app. You're listening to Gameplay with Matthew Cause on TSN 1050. Embrace the odds. I want winners. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to Gameplay. I am your host, Matthew Cause. A reminder, you can stream the show at tsn1050.ca and get us at the iHeart Radio app. Gameplay on TSN 1050 is brought to you by FanDuel. Bet on all your favorite teams on the FanDuel Sportsbook app. And this is one of those days where I'm not sure where to kick the show off. I mean, there's just where so do we much... start? I don't know. I don't know. Like the the Leafs lose, and it, it's a bad game. That's a, a bad loss to Washington. The Raptors are bad. Like the Raptors are just a bad NBA team. Um, you got the craziness in the NFL. You got the World Cup, which uh, maybe the coolest part. I don't know where you were watching the game. Um, I watched the first part of it at home. I saw it go up two nil. As Argentina go up, that second goal was incredible. Then I had to go out doing a uh, a Christmas brunch with family, and I was at this large golf course in Etobicoke. Isn't the golf course? Yeah. And beautiful course, by the way. I've I've never played. Last time I golfed was actually nineteen ninety. But uh, everyone I know. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I yes. Last time I golfed was nineteen. Uh, Haven't touched the clubs at all, Matt. Not one I, bit. Not once. I golfed wow. like three times, and this was when I was like fifteen. And I'm like, eh, it's not for me. And I never picked it up again. It's weird to say, Josh, uh, producer Josh, but yes, I have not golfed uh, since well before you were born. Damn. Wow. Yes. Yeah. That is a so, shock to me. But you've yeah. been in, in and around golf courses, though. So you know oh, God, yeah. you know the shtick. Yes. Oh, absolutely. No, it's gorgeous. But the, the point is, like, I get there, and I just go to the duck into the bar <laughs> to check, and it's 2-2. I'm like, oh, my wow. God. And every table, every table, there was at least one phone on with the game with people streaming uh, the World Cup. It was hilarious. Like every table, different groups of people, different walks of life, different ages, but it didn't matter. Everyone was watching the same thing. Amazing. The World Cup. It was. It, it, it really was. It was, uh, it was a crazy event. Did you watch it? Uh, were you at the station? Were you watching Friends on your own? What was so, that? What was um, it was a bit of both driving into the station. Then right. at the station, I got to see the last chunk of the remarkable game that was, Matt. But um, in the station with all of the fellow co-workers here at TSN. And yeah. Our reaction, Matt, it, 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 it speaks volume. I can't say how much they're shaking there was, how much comments there were, uh, eyes fully wide open on to see what Lionel Messi, Kylian Mbappe, France, Argentina were going to do. Yeah. Back and forth, goals here and there. So it was a all-time moment, and I think many people will put this game down in the books to be an all-time game. And we'll get to that in a second. Um, the Raptors, by the way, taking on Philadelphia tonight. I looked it up on FanDuel. If you wanted to do a cowardly bet of just Joel Embiid to score 20 points or more, if you put down $100 on Joel Embiid to score 20 points or more, do you know how much money you would get back? Let take me a take a guess. Yes. On a, don't a type it in. I'm not typing it in, not yeah. even looking. Yeah. $100 bet, maybe, maybe $2. 50 cents. Oh. 50 really? cents. It's and surprisingly, minus in the history, 000. Matt, 
Yeah. The Raptors have actually held Joel Embiid pretty, pretty well. Yeah. But, yeah, though, but those times teams, have changed. Yeah. Uh, is Marcus all on the court? Not is that Marcus, I know of. Not that oh, I know my of. God. I, I don't think I've ever missed Marcus Saul as much as I'm doing now. Like it, it's great the Raptors like, hey, we're the the sexy team. We're all six nine. We're positionless basketball. We do things our own way, and the philosophy has worked. Not this year. No, uh, the, Not, our tone has changed ever since last week, Matt. We were yeah. talking about the positives and rolling on what they have to do, and now it's gotten even worse in a game with out Stephen Curry. <laughs> Yeah, Jordan Poole going for a career high. Draymond Green splashing threes, multiple of them. There's so many ways we can go here, Matt, and the tangents are bad. The Utah Jazz have more wins than the Raptors. The Utah Jazz have more wins. The Indiana Pacers have more wins. The Lakers have the same amount of wins as the Raptors. And this after the news, Anthony Davis, not a shock, got injured again and is going to miss about a month of the, uh, is going to miss basically the next month. But yeah, there is a lot of, Sacramento has more wins. Portland, it is tough for the Raptors, 13 and 17, taking on Philadelphia tonight after losing to Golden State without Steph Curry in the lineup. And uh, that game, by the way, you can listen to right here on TSN 1050. All right, let's get to it. Uh, It's all hail football for my opening thought. Time now for Matt's opening thought. Oh, I'm sorry. Did I break your concentration? And here we go. I mean, it's really nothing more than a self-absorbed monologue, a chance for Matt to rant about something and pretend he's a serious radio personality instead of a gas bag. Let's face it, he stole this idea from Dennis Miller. Now, I don't want to get off on a rant here. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore! Apologies uh, to Leaf fans. I need to take a moment away from all the hot Dennis Malgin for Dryden Hunt talk. Was yesterday the greatest sports day of our lives? Maybe. I, I, I'm always nervous about, you know, proclaiming this was the greatest. We always do it, and we forget what happened even five minutes ago. So let's agree with this. In the history of football, and yes, I am talking both versions, this was the greatest weekend of football in the history of ball being kicked. Uh, let's start first with the World Cup. And the crazy thing about that game is... It kind of came out of nowhere. For over an hour, it was a coronation of Argentina and Messi. And that second Argentinian goal was just just brilliant. I mean, the the quick passing through all the traffic. And actually, the lead-up to that goal kind of made me a bit depressed. Because what they can do, that second goal, what Argentina can do, and, you know, we see it with a couple, you know, the, the elite programs, like, you know, Brazil and stuff. But we cannot get that here in Canada. We are so far away from being able to replicate that that Di Maria goal. And, and by the way, he was in tears soon after. I remember watching going, dude, I, I know this is a great emotional moment. You scored. You're up 2 nothing. Maybe keep the crying till after you win. Then cry like crazy. <laughs> France didn't even register a shot until 71 minutes in. Six minutes later, uh, it suddenly became 2-2. Two, uh, two, two. Mbappe scoring twice in 97 seconds. Crazy. Messi scores an extra time off the rebound. He's so close to being offsides. Then soon after that, penalty kick. Mbappe gets it. Hat trick. How is France still alive? 
You got the crazy save by the the Argentinian keeper Martinez with like a 119 to go. I mean, damn, France could have won. France easily could have won, and it all leads. And there's a couple of clips I want to play. Let's uh, first it, all that extra time and and then penalties, and Argentina wins. It leads to this beautiful final call of Argentina winning 4-3. And that announcer is actually from Argentina. God, that was cool. Uh, th- then we have the NFL. You have Saturday, the Vikings, the biggest comeback in the history of the NFL. They're down 33 to zip at the half to the Colts. Buffalo winning in the snow. 12 of the 15 games were decided by one possession. Five games were won uh, on the final play of the game. Five, including three overtime walk-offs. You have the Jaguars coming back from being down 17 by 17 points against the Cowboys, and they win on a pick six in overtime. You got the Lions winning late. Jared Goff, a 51-yard touchdown on fourth and one. My God, this weekend is so crazy. We're not going to talk about Justin Herbert, but just think about this. Chargers-Titans. The game is tied at 14. LA's got the ball on their own 23-yard line with 44 seconds left and no timeouts. Herbert leads the Chargers to a short field goal, 43-yarder, and the Chargers beat the Titans. The Bengals were down by 17 before forcing four straight Brady turnovers to erase uh, a big Tampa lead, giving the Bengals the win. Do you know that Brady lost for the first time in his career after leading by at least 17 points? He was 89-0 in such games before this weekend. Speaking of Brady, let's end with his former team. You had the Patriots losing the dumbest way possible. Game is going to be going in overtime, and Jacoby Myers, uh, the, the wideout for the Pats, throws a last-second lateral pass uh, basically to the defensive end of the Raiders, Chandler Jones. In fact, you know what? Forget me talking about it, trying to set up. Here's how the Patriots lost on Sunday night. Mac Jones hands it off on a draw to Ramondre Stevenson, breaks out of a tackle at the 50, has the 45, breaks away from another tackle, pitches it backwards, and now Jacoby Myers spinning around, he throws it to Chandler Jones in midfield, and a step forward, Chandler Jones racing towards the end zone, and it scores, oh my goodness, oh my goodness, I can't believe what I just saw, again, I can't believe what I just saw, this is unbelievable, I got the down, <laughs> wow, on the first night of Hanukkah, it's a miracle in Las Vegas, <laughs> oh my god, what a great call, what a crazy call, what a crazy moment, it was the greatest football weekend ever, no doubt about it, And that is my opening thought. I'm finished. (laughs) I I, I just, 
it, it first came back to the World Cup, it like there were so many different games within a game. It was Argentina's got it. They've won. They're celebrating. They're crying. And then it became the Mbappe show. And then Messi. And then Mbappe. And uh, and so you know, the, much the, all over the place. It's so hard to yeah. explain. Yeah, it it is. And uh, the, I I don't know his first. I forget his first name. I apologize. The keeper for Argentina, Martinez, one nineteen <laughs> left, and he made this crazy kick save where it looked like for for half a second. Oh my God. France is actually going to win this match. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe that last stop. Like this is this is breathless. It's not ending here. But no. it had to oh, yeah. go. I think in a story in a game like that, I think penalty kicks were the only needed. Right? Yeah, and and by the way, that game was so good. No one's even, I don't, well, I mean, who knows? Maybe there is, and maybe, but I don't think anyone's complaining that it ended on penalty kicks. Not at you all. You know, usually, usually we grow, like in North America, we certainly grumble on, wait a minute, how, this can't end in penalties. Like, we hate penalties. A lot we of people our, dislike it. Yeah, of course. And by the way, I understand it. It's, it's not the same as, you know, when you can create a goal. Um, but that was, like, that game was so good that I don't think anyone was really bummed out by that. The, the, the other thought I had, and I kind of mentioned it in my opening thought, is, wow, is Canada far... Like, we, we should be so excited about CONCACAF winning it and, and qualifying for the World Cup. Italy didn't go. Like, listen, it's an incredible accomplishment. And how far Canada has come over the last decade is, is, is a, uh, on the men's side, is a testament to everyone involved. But when you see what those final teams can do, when you see that, go back and look at that second goal by Argentina. I remember just rewinding it and watching over and over. And after just being amazed by what I saw, my next thought was, we are so far away from that. Like Canada is so far away from having players. And Alfonso Davies is great. David, there's a lot of great players. But to do that, I'm like, we're, we're so far away from being able to do that. So far away, so far away. But not many people can really grasp what really happened. Two extra time goals. Yeah. Massey and Mbappe <laughs> scoring another PK. Yeah. Continuing both their legacies. Then we go to PKs. That's what stood out to me. Matt, I had a question back to when you were talking about the party. Are yeah. all of those, I guess, family members soccer fans? Are, are any of them soccer fans? No, it was it was my uh, my nephews. My ne- I see it, and and my younger nephews, uh, uh, Graydon and Elliot, give them a shout out. I look shout over, out. and they got they got their phone. And I'm like, wait a minute, streaming live stuff on a phone? What wizardry is this? And then, you know, after they explained it to me, I put my plate of shrimp down. Uh, yeah, so that's who had it on at our table. And then, and then some of my other nephews uh, started watching it as well. And, uh, yeah, so it was the young people that were uh, putting it on as I was filling my plate with shrimp. It's just the camaraderie of everybody coming into one, watching this game, yeah. seeing yeah. downtown Toronto, St. Clair, the, all the Argentinian fans um, throwing their hands up, stepping on top of buildings. This is what it all comes down to, Matt. I think, this, I think soccer does stand out in a way. Um, it does have the beautiful game for a reason. It does have that name. And... This was a beautiful tournament, all for one. Um, a it, lot it of ended. amazing soccer play, being played, and I think many people are satisfied with the way it ended. I loved uh, shots of, there was this one Twitter account, and it was at top of a building in Buenos Aires. And all the fo- and, and someone just put the video on their phone, and you could hear just the entire city cheering and celebrating. It was, Couldn't it imagine. Was, yeah. 
Also, it needs to be said, here's how good that final was. We're not talking today about how those stadiums got built or how many hundreds of workers died in horrible... And I'm sorry to go Debbie Downer, but, you know, um, or just uh, or just Qatar and uh, rules when it comes to homosexuality or, oh, nope, you can't have beer and, and this or that and just sort of this dictatorship country. Yeah. And we're not talking about it because that finals was so good all the negative stuff gets wiped out. And by the way, I'm not saying this to get on my moral high horse or saying, shame on you, or no, no, we must always remember and all that kind of stuff. It, it, to me, this is about the power of just when you have a game that good, everything else becomes secondary. It does. Uh, I'm not going to shy away or take away from any of those storylines. You're no. totally 100% right on that. But in, in today's topics and today's storylines around the world, we're talking about Messi lifting that World Cup. I think that yes. was the image that yeah. channels everyone, right? Um, our intern Adam here said that Lionel Messi's photo of him holding the World Cup is the most liked Instagram photo, um, sportsman. Uh, sportsman photo yeah. of, of history. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not surprised. It probably will overtake if I decide to put out Instagram. Again, the amount of shrimp I had at the buffet. <laughs> and some wine in the photo. There has to be. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That might get this. Eh, maybe Do you think it would crack 43? Lines. Maybe. Oh, oh, maybe. maybe. Actually, 43, that's asking That's asking quite a lot. Okay. All right, Dave, uh, Paul Dolan is going to join us. He's done a great job uh, with our TSN 1050's coverage of the World Cup. He'll join at 2.30. Uh, we'll get back into it. But on the, uh, on the other side, uh, we've we got to talk to the NFL. And I'm, I'm still debating what my favorite story is. We will play for you the Patriots radio call of that Chandler Jones touchdown and the final three seconds, chef's kiss. We'll do that next right here on Gameplay. This is Gameplay on TSN 1050. Double or nothing. Done. Witness. Embrace the odds. I want winners. Now, we're not going to talk a lot about Kansas City beating Houston 30 to 24 in overtime. But I just got to throw this out there. Maybe it's because it was my game I felt the most confident about and I lost was Kansas City getting two touchdowns on the road in Houston. But I just throw this out to you, Producer Josh. I tell you that Kansas City had 502 total yards, that Houston only had 219, and Patrick Mahomes only had five incompletions in 41 pass attempts, and yet the game goes into overtime. That, to me, just feels like some crazy riddle. It does. That was a shocking game, Matt. I was also, we were watching that uh, after, after the World Cup match, and yeah. wow, wow. I was shocked the Texans kept it that close for one. Yes. Did yes. you see, I don't know if you saw Patrick Mahomes' face during the game. There was a, a camera shot channeled right in on him. Poor guy. He's like, how, how is this happening? How am yeah. I letting a team with one win do this to me? One and they, well, I mean, hey, give Houston credit; they nearly uh, they, did. they probably no, should have beat the sure. Dallas Cowboys last week. I just I just throw that stat out at you, and it's like, why? How is this game tied? Anyway, uh, on to the more important thing. Give me the radio call, the end of the Raiders and Patriots game, where it's going to go into overtime. Suddenly, all the New England players decide to start lateraling the ball all over the place. And it leads to a Chandler Jones walk-off touchdown. Here is the Patriots' call. 
Now on a third and ten, three seconds left. Jones will give it to Stevenson. He started right. He runs it up the middle. Hit by Chandler. Jones slips and hit across the 45 with a stiff arm. Off the tackle at the 40. He lost the football. And Jacoby Myers picks it up. He circles back and he throws it across the field. Oh my Jones God. is picked up by Chandler Jones. He breaks away to the 30. He runs to the 20. He runs to the 10. He runs to the end zone. Unreal. Touchdown. Tonight. This might be one of the dumbest teams I've ever seen. <laughs> Just so angry. And rightfully so. Oh, good night. Yeah, good night. Good night. <laughs> uh, Jacoby Myers, for for fantasy purposes, is uh, has minus 20 yards rushing on the day. So if you had him on your fantasy team, uh, you, know, you lost. Basically, nah. is what I'm trying to tell Yeah. Many people are saying that's the case as the craziest NFL play of all time. We're talking about yeah. best World Cup game, and now we're talking about the craziest NFL play. What are your What are your like What's your look on that? Because I've definitely seen crazier plays, just none of a lateral interception. Yeah, it's. It, it, I look at it as dumb. Like if I'm going to my first adjective, it's just dumb. Like just dumb all over, all over the field. I mean the cra- I mean the craziest. You know, you got the the Minnesota miracle with Stephon Diggs a bunch of years ago. Uh, Case Keenum when the when the Vikings yep. beat the Saints. Um, if if I was going to go old man here, it was fifty years ago this week where you had the um, uh, the immaculate reception, the Terry Bradshaw to Franco Harris, yep. and I wasn't even born uh, when that happened. But nope. that was like in a playoff game. Um, I, it's certainly up there. It's I don't know if the helmet catch counts because that didn't end a game. It does the Odell Beckham Jr. one-handed grab. Yeah, that, that's that's a play. That's that's someone that has still made a mark. <laughs> yeah, in the NFL for that catch, Justin uh, Jefferson this year, Matt against the yes. Buffalo Bills. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen, we can go, but like, yeah, in terms of like just game winning, that was it was crazy. It uh, it hides the fact that Mac Jones was horrible. Uh, I know Ramondre Stevenson had 172 yards, had a great day, uh, but the Patriots are seven and seven, and in danger of missing the playoffs. Meanwhile, the Lions are seven and seven. They beat the Jets uh, 20 to 17, and there's just there's too much. Like I, I, we we could spend so much time talking about Saturday, about the fact that the Vikings were down 33 nothing at the half, L- largest comeback yeah. in NFL history yep. th- in this weekend. And this weekend, and and maybe the most beautiful thing was seeing all that snow. Wow. Buffalo beats Miami 32-29, and we were waiting for it. Wasn't there early. Nope. And then, but came in the fourth quarter. Ah, oh, a glorious It was a storybook ending. Yeah, it was. Uh, and Buffalo, their three losses by a total of eight points. No team has beaten them by more than a field goal. So while this year I test, it doesn't feel like they're as dominant as they were last year. They are 11-3 with the best point differential in the entire AFC. We'll get back into it. But uh, on the other side, Paul Dolan, TSN Radio World Cup analyst, is going to join us. We'll talk all things messy. And was this the greatest World Cup final of all time? That's coming up next right here on Gameplay. This is Gameplay. On TSN 1050. You play to win the game. Embrace the odds. I want winners.
Just incredible. This is Gameplay. I'm your host, Matthew Cos. As always, the show brought to you by FanDuel, but on all your favorite teams on the FanDuel Sportsbook app, Argentina, France, maybe the greatest finals in the history of the sport. Let's ask our next guest. Uh, did it such a good job covering the World Cup for TSN 1050. It is a TSN Radio World Cup analyst and, of course, former keeper, repping Canada back in the 86 World Cup. It is Paul Dolan. Paul, thanks so much for joining the show today. Good to be with you again, Matt. How are you? What a, what a final that was. And you say the best final in World Cup history. Like I feel like it was the best sporting event I've ever seen. And, uh, you know, whether it was in soccer or otherwise, obviously I'm a little bit biased. But the drama yeah. that you had on both sides, the fact that you had Messi versus Mbappe, so the heir and the heir apparent, the the fact that uh, Argentina goes up by a couple of goals and seems to be cruising, and then France worries them with a goal that I know what that feeling's like when you have a lead, and all of a sudden, the reason that they say that the 2-0 lead is the worst in sports is because if you allow the next goal you start to panic a little bit, like, geez, this whole thing could be out of our grasp. The World Cup that was in our hand and we were in cruise control, all of a sudden, it's a fragile feeling. And the other team knows that we have to keep pushing to get something here, and then they score and equalize, and then it's just drama from there right through to the penalty kicks. It was absolutely phenomenal. Oh, yeah. And, okay, let's let's try to break this down. It's so hard to, but you're right. It's a great summation there. When it was like 75 minutes in, and France, I think, maybe had registered just one shot, and it was 2 nothing. what were your expectations of what that game was going to be? Cakewalk. Absolute cakewalk. This could be a third goal and done, uh, or it ends 2-0, and they just stroll through these last 15 minutes. There was no sign of life from the French. Uh, they were hopeless through the first 65, 70 minutes of that game. They tried to make a tweak by uh, making the substitutions. I thought, surely there's a virus going through that team, as was the rumor ahead of the the final game. And Argentina came out flying. France was flat. Argentina got their goals. Messi was flying. The second goal Argentina scores is the nicest team goal of the tournament, one of the most beautiful goals you'll ever see, one-touch passing, and Messi's brilliant two-touch to set up the man. And McAllister ends up sliding it across to on Hel Di Maria, who was just uh, himself up and down that left-hand side, causing sorts of all sorts of fits for the French. So, to me, it was a cakewalk until <laughs> a moment of madness from Otamendi pulls back the player. No need to do that. They haven't sniffed at your goal all game long. He's at a bit of an angle. Uh, the French forward who's steaming in there. Let him take his chances with a shot from there, rather than the easy one for 12 yards out. It, 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 you know what? Let's go to that goal for a second. I don't want to be negative here. And, and what I'm going to say, it's not just about Canada. I think it's about so many countries. Like when I saw that second goal, that Di Maria goal, my, after watching it back four or five times, and yes, that was the best goal I saw the entire tournament, it kind of made me realize how far Canada still has to go. And it's been an incredible run for this nation for men's soccer. But I watched that goal, and I'm like, oh, my God. I feel we are several (laughs) generations away from being able to do that. I wonder, Matt, though, if other teams felt the same way. Because it took every player involved in that build-up for the goal to come off it as it did. If one of those players takes two touches instead of one, except for Messi, whose was like a tap-tap, quick two-touch, if any of the others delays just that little bit more, the move breaks down because the defense can get in behind 
or the pass is just another yard in front of the player and he takes him on an angle. But each of those moves, right from the back after it was won, deep in their own half, was pinpoint precision onto the foot of the next player and into the path of the next player, into the spot he needed it to be to set up Di Maria, who smashes it into the side of the goal. So you're right. It's Not many teams would be able to do that, but you do feel like you're a million miles away when you see how easily yes. Argentina was able to carve up France for that goal. Yeah, absolutely. Um, moving on to the moment that might get forgotten, uh, that save by Martinez late in, in extra time. Uh, France was an ankle away from winning it. You know what? Uh, I missed that one because there was so much going on back and forth. I'm watching it on my big screen as I'm about to go on with Brendan to wrap it up. Yes. And it's, it's, it's so deep into stoppage time, the added time in stoppage time, that i got to hustle in here to, to talk about what we're just seeing because everything's happening uh, back and forth. But I missed that save, you know, until I see it later. And that's just how it seemed to unfold. Messi had a great chance at the end of the 90-plus uh, stoppage time that was saved by Lloris. Yep. And then there was the chance to header by Martinez. It was just wide after that save by Martinez. So it was it was madness. Uh, so much happening in that, that final 30 minutes of the extra time. But that save won them the World Cup. And so when he gets the Golden Glove as the to- tournament's top goalkeeper, and you say, well, you know, other keepers let in fewer goals or whatever. He has won the World Cup by making that save. Yes. Oh, yeah, 100%. Uh, an incredible moment. And I just wanted to bring it up because so much happened, it's easy to forget. Uh, joined by Paul Dolan here on Gameplay. So let, let's get to it. Um, Lionel Messi, uh, the incredible thing was the conversation afterwards wasn't just about is he the greatest soccer player of all time. Suddenly you're hearing words like Tiger Woods or, or Muhammad Ali uh, you know, and, and Roger Federer or whoever you want to do as maybe the greatest team athlete of all time. You know, uh, that, that conversation, I love it because this is what sports talk is all about, yeah, right? Is, that's is what having we do. an opinion. Exactly. And Again, I'm biased because I'm, I'm a soccer person, but, uh, you know, I don't want to ever dismiss what Muhammad Ali meant to the world or Pele or Tiger Woods or Roger Federer, as you suggest there. But Lionel Messi is the best soccer player who ever played, uh, regardless of era. That's my opinion. What he's done in terms of uh, championships, what he's done now to win a World Cup, and not only win the World Cup, but to be the best player in the tournament at the age of 35, by, I don't want to say a considerable margin, because that would be disrespectful to the other star performances that we saw, but everyone picked Lionel Messi as their best player in this tournament. I don't think there's any doubt about that. And he almost won the golden ball to boot as a player who's known really more for playmaking rather than goal scoring. But he, he does it all. And the fact that he has single-handedly, and that's, again, I don't want to be disrespectful to the Argentine team, but they have no chance of winning that trophy without him. And in each of the games, in each of the knockout games where he scores, by the way, he lifts the team at a moment when they need it. The lull against uh, Australia when it was quite even throughout that first bit. Then he gets wound up and he whips in a great corner kick, and then he uh, sets up that beautiful pass. Same against the Netherlands. And then, obviously, in the semifinal, he does the same thing. And then in the final. So he raised his level at every moment, and that's what the very best in the world do. So for me, he is the best soccer player that's ever played the game, and I'll let others argue whether he's the best athlete of all time. 
We'll do that on a that's a slow day in early <laughs> August Wednesday topic. Trust me. Yeah, or my, yeah. my producer's already writing that down for early August. We'll have uh, we'll have that conversation. I, I would say this, Paul. That game was so good, no one even cared that it went to penalty kicks. And as, like in North, it's more of a North American thing where the idea of of a of a, of a championship being won like that it goes sort of against uh, a lot of a North American way of watching and consuming sports. But that game was so good, no one cared. Yeah, well, you know what's funny, Matt, is that I've come full circle on the whole penalty kick thing anyway. At first, uh, you know, many years ago, I felt the same way. And the reason I didn't want a game to be decided on penalty kicks is I felt lots of teams were playing for that. They were just being defensive and negative and just trying not to lose within the 90 plus the 30 minutes. But I don't find that's the case anymore. Both these teams were absolutely going for it. Um, you know, France, to their credit, found a way back into the game. And even going down 3-2 in extra time, they, they scored themselves uh, to equalize the game again. So they found a way. And so the fact that it goes to penalty kicks and that's the way it ends, I think it just added to the drama. And I also feel now penalty kicks, they're not just a, a crapshoot. They're about basically half the team being involved, the five shooters plus a goalkeeper. It's a difficult skill. There's so much pressure, how you handle that, the strategy of who shoots first. There's a lot of elements that go into it that uh, make me feel that it is part of the game. We know that's how games are going to be decided. You can't continue to go on forever and ever to play. It's just not feasible in soccer. So I'm actually good with it, and I thought it added to the drama yesterday. Paul, before I let you go, um, what's next for, for Team Canada on the, on the men's side? When, when will we be seeing uh, any sort of events like just... What, I mean, and I know nothing for the next little bit, but what's what's next for Team Canada? So the Nations League are the next set of games that will start in March, and that is the CONCACAF Nations League, so that they'll be playing against teams in their own confederation to have a champion of that league, which they have uh, every couple of years. And then the big one that's down the road will be, if not the Gold Cup, which is, again, the Confederation's championship uh, of nations, but also possibly the Copa America, which would involve the South American teams as well as the North American teams. That's not really happened before, and Canada's never been involved in that. And that, to me, is the best way for them to start preparing for the next World Cup, which is only three and a half years away. And remember, we don't have any qualifying games. So I think that'll be important to get those big games against star teams like possibly Argentina and Brazil and so on. Paul, really appreciate. Thank you so much for being a part of the show today. And again, great job with the coverage of uh, the World Cup for TSN 1050. Thanks, Matt. Great to be on with you. Take care. Absolutely. Yeah, you too. That is Paul Dolan, TSN Radio World Cup analyst, and of course was the goalkeeper part of Canada's 1986 trip to the World Cup. All right, coming up on the other side, we do Matt's Monday Mood Meter, and then 3 o'clock, uh, you hear him on the ringer all the time on the uh, uh, host of the House of Carbs podcast and does a lot of stuff on the gambling side as well. Joe House will be joining the show. But on the other side, it is Matt's Monday Mood Meter coming up next. This is Gameplay on TSN 1050. How much you want to make a bet I can throw a football over the mountain? Embrace the odds. I want winners. When you come in on Monday and you're not feeling real well, does anyone ever say to you, sounds like someone has a case of the Mondays? No, man. I believe you get your ass kicked saying something like that, man. It's Matt's Monday Mood Meter. Are you kidding me? This baby is off the charts. On TSN 1050. Mondays live here. Sounds like somebody's got a case of the Monday. 
Welcome back, everyone. This is Gameplay. I'm your host, Matthew Cause. We do it each and every Monday. It's time now for the Monday Matt Mood Meter, hosted by producer Josh. All right, Josh, what do you got? Here we go, Matt. Another edition of the Monday Mood Meter. And That's right. you kind of said it all in your opening thoughts today, but let's refresh. Let's go back. Yeah. Yeah. You are ladle messy. How are you feeling on this Monday afternoon after an incredible World Cup and winning your first, solidifying the legacy of your career? I am, I am feeling Alexander the Greaty. And by this I mean, by this, this makes sense. I always love this quote. I don't know, and some people say it's attributed to Alexander the Great. Some say it's someone else, but... Uh, there's this great line. Uh, he wept, for there were no more worlds to conquer. And this was uh, true to after Alexander the Great went and conquered all the lands. And, and then he, he wept, for there were no more worlds to conquer. That's Lionel Messi. He's got nothing left. Everything individual, everything team, uh, you know, scored a goal in every round of the World Cup. There's nothing left for this individual to do. That is pinpoint. Another Alexander the Great quote that I love, Matt, and it fits yeah. Messi so well. Mm. In quote, in the end, when it's over, all that matters is what you've done. Yep. And he did it. Let's Man, go to the other side. Didn't think there was going to be two Alexander the Great quotes uh, you know, the same, in the same segment. <laughs> that was much worth it, Matt. I think it, everything yeah. went seamless. All right. You are Kylian Mbappe. Yeah. After scoring a hat trick, becoming the sixth I'm going to say this again, okay, Matty? Matty, yep. ready? Yep. Becoming the sixth in all-time goal scoring at the World Cup. Yeah. What are you feeling after you put everything on the pitch? You know what? Um, part of me wants to, I, I, I'm feeling like I got let down. It's like, wait a minute, I got, I got us a hat trick. No one gets a hat trick in the World Cup. I got us a hat trick and we still lost. I think overall, though, like he's got to be feeling pretty hopeful. Because, as you mentioned, at that age, he still has World Cups in front of him. He still has a lot of glory ahead of him. And, you know, France won it in 18. They get there in the finals of this year, despite injuries and illness. So I, I think overall, he has to be feeling pretty hopeful about his future. So true. Very true. Sensational talent. Yeah. Extremely amazing. Could go down as one of the greatest of all time. And I'm saying yeah. that now. He's on that, traje- he's on that trajectory. Oh, he's, he's already on there. We have to go to the Benning side of the World Cup because, again, sure. this, is, this is a funny story. You are the rapper Drake uh-huh. after placing a $1 million bet on Argentina to win. Yeah. But wait, Maddie, there's more. <laughs> what? In quotes, the bet in the market where extra time isn't counted, and the result is determined based on the score oh. after 90 minutes of play. So oh. essentially <laughs> and ultimately, Drake yes. was not paid over two hundred, uh, sorry, over two million dollars oh. in that bet win, because it was after extra yeah. time, after regulation. He's he his mood. He's mattress Mackey. That's how he's feeling today. Uh, you know the other celebrity who bets like millions of dollars on single sporting events. So that is how Drake is feeling. He's feeling like Mattress Mac. Of course, Mattress Mac is on a is on a one game winning streak as he took the Astros to win the uh, to win the World Series. Ah, that's gonna that's gonna hurt for Drake. Those homes in the bridal path. That's uh, there's a lot of taxes 
your uh, you got your property taxes on those homes is pretty high. Wouldn't we all love to feel mattress Mackie? Uh-huh. We would all like to feel mattress Mackie and throwing a million dollars on the team, and then yeah. be okay with losing. Yeah, I wish yeah, yeah, you can only exactly. you can only wish. Uh-huh. Let's go to the ice. You're Alexander Ovechkin sitting uh-huh. one goal away from tying Gordie Howe on the all-time goals list. And Matt, do you see who they're playing in the schedule today? They are, and I, yeah, they're playing Detroit. I yes, thought the game are. originally was in Detroit. It's in Washington kind of takes a little bit away from him if he uh, if he ties Gordie Howe's record at home. I kind of wanted it to be in Detroit. Very true. That would have been uh, yeah. a storybook. But yeah. you're Ovi. How yeah, ready Ovi. are you? Oh, oh, I am. If, if, if my mood is, I am giddy. I'm, I am excited. Um, and not only because you know Washington is, is now bouncing back. They've won a bunch of games in a row. They beat the Leafs five two on Saturday night. My mood is giddy. I can't wait. I'm back home. I'm putting down $10 on me to score first. That's plus 850 on FanDuel. And so, but overall, if I'm Ovechkin, I am feeling very giddy today. Feeling giddy, very prepped, yes. very ready. Yeah, very I, ready. I would be, I would be guns blazing because you have yeah. to be. Yeah, plus 850 to score the first goal, plus 102 just to score. His over-under for shots is 3.5, which is at minus 165. City of Toronto, go out to FanDuel Sportsbook right now. Yeah. Ovechkin is in plus odds. I think yeah. you should dabble a little bit on that. Yes. Let's stick on the ice. You are Shane Wright. Just mm. named the captain of the World Junior Team. Very exciting. All the guys were super prepped, super excited, super amped up for him. And after the NHL stint, the early NHL stint you've had, and uh, you're going into a World Junior Team where the expectations are stellar high, how are you feeling after being given the C? First off, uh, he's you know he's feeling after getting the C. He's hope he's feeling see you later to the Coachella Valley Firebirds. That's the AHL um, um, team that's connected with the Seattle Kraken. What the hell's going on in that part of the world? The Coachella Valley Firebirds doesn't anyone have normal names anymore? <laughs> um, if, Not allowed if to. you're if you're Shane Wright, what you're feeling now is it's almost like a bit of a do-over. You know, because everyone was, well, I don't want to say everyone was critical, but like during the, the, the last, um, uh, one, of the, one of the last uh, World Juniors, he wasn't exactly shining, but again, he's in this incredible talent. I think, I think he's feeling this wonderful opportunity. He's like, do over, not only are we going to win, we are going to dominate. We are going to kick the bleep out of everyone. It's going to be me and Connor Bedard. So I think he's feeling like just ready to kind of show the rest of the world that he did deserve to be taken fourth overall by the Kraken. I'm so excited for this team. This this yeah. this World Junior lineup is looking very good. And Canada, let's win it here. Yeah. You know who's not doing much winning right now, Matt? And that is the uh, Toronto Raptors. Sorry I yeah, cut you off, not. but I think yeah. you were going to say that. Ugh. You are Masai yeah. Ujiri and the front office. Oh, After yeah. everyone across the NBA world is talking about your struggles, losing streak, Victor Webinyama already in the conversation. Oh no. oh, no. We're not having the Victor Webinyama conversation. I saw conversation, a photo we? on Twitter, Matt, this morning oh. of Victor Webinyama in a Raptors jersey, Matt. Mm. Why is this happening? You are Oof. him. Yeah. How are you reacting to everyone's reaction? I, um, if I'm Masai, I'm, my reaction today is silence. Just the silent assassin, quietly going about his business, and then you wake up one day, and DeMar DeRozan and Jakob Pertl have been traded to San Antonio for Kawhi Leonard. 
I am, I'm like a shark. I'm just moving quietly in the seas. Because here's the thing. They're not going to be getting, uh, they're not going to be able to get Victor Wembanyama as bad as they've been. And losing five in a row, defense lousy. They're not catching Detroit, who just shut down Cade Cunningham. They're not catching the Charlotte Hornets. The San Antonio Spurs um, have now come back down to earth, and uh, they're 9-20. and 20. Houston's 9-20. and 20. The Raptors are not getting in that bottom four. So if you're Masai, you're looking around going, what deal can I make to get me out of 10th place? What deal can you make? I can't believe we're talking about this. The team goes yeah. on a losing streak, and we're already talking about them tanking. Embrace the tank. Going there's, no one tank. there's no tank. There's no, there's no tank. tank. There's no tank talk on this show. No tank talk. None. None at none. all. No, that's stupid. No. Zero. Yeah, you are good. Bill Belichick. Mm. After Jacoby Myers sent a lateral pass back yes. and ended up being intercepted in one of the craziest NFL plays you might ever see. Yeah. How do you feel? If you're Jacoby Myers. Aha, I know this. I am feeling nothing because I'm Bill Belichick. And if you've ever heard him at a press conference, the man is devoid of emotion. So how he's feeling, he is feeling exactly how he is every other moment of his life. It's, uh, let's see, who they play next. He is going full instead of we're on to Cincinnati or one of those goofy lines. All he's, you know, he's feeling, yes, oh, my God, they are playing Cincinnati. Oh, my God, it's on to Cincinnati. It's, uh, that's, that's what he's feeling right now. It's because he doesn't have actual real emotions. No emotions at all. Not showing no much. None, it's just none. a. It, it's it's just a random play. It just happened. Just a random play. That's right. It just happened. Yeah. Well, Matt, that wraps up nice our job. Monday mood meter. Nice job. Nice job. Um, coming up on the other side, one of our favorites, Joe House from the Ringer, is going to join the show, and uh, he just did this giant NBA podcast with Bill Simmons. So we'll get his thoughts around the NBA and what the hell happened to his Washington football team against the Giants. That's coming up next. This hour of gameplay is brought to you by FanDuel. Bet on all your favorite teams on the FanDuel Sportsbook app.